In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I will read some verses, but I'm not going to tell you the reference. How clear. I will tell you the reference later. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the Lord. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Glory to the Holy Trinity, now and forever. I have a question about these verses. These verses speak about whom? Hmm? About us. Okay. Who else? Hmm? About Jesus? Who agrees and who does agree in these words could be about the Lord Jesus Christ? I will say it then. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Do you agree that these words about Jesus or not? Prophecy about the Lord Jesus? Yes? Uh, who says yes if I eat it? Who says no? Yes, more than I said no. And I will go with yes. And these verses are verse 4 and 5. I will read Aya 6. I will read Aya 6. Aya 6 today. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. So now it's clear, you know, speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a prophecy about the Lord Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, 5, and 6. When I read the title Handed Down, I did not understand. Let me search the Bible for the word handed down. I got some verses, kid. Our verse, in 1 Peter 1 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Our fathers handed down or passed down to us the aimless conduct. And the Lord Jesus Christ came and redeemed us, not by gold or silver, but he redeemed us by his own blood from this aimless conduct. Another verse, I found it in Mark 7, verse 13. Making the word of God of no effect through your tradition which you have handed down, and many such things you do. So here God is rebuking the religious leaders of Israel because they handed down a tradition contradicting and nullifying 
the word of God. That's why he told them, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down many and many such things you do. Another verse, 2 Timothy 1, 13 and 14, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuked the religious leaders of handing down tradition that's contrary to the word of God. But St. Paul instructing Timothy to hold fast the pattern of sound doctrine which you have heard from me, from St. Paul. So he's asking him to keep the tradition that he heard from St. Paul. Another verse is 2 Thessalonians 2.15. This would be the last. There are many other verses. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistles. Of course, you're referring taught from us. You learned from us. So, handed down means what we received. And apparently, we receive baggage of everything. For example, if I grew up with parents who are not godly, who are away from the church, maybe the hand down to me what St. Peter said, aimless conduct. That's what I learned in my house. In the same way, going to school, the media around us, the culture around us can hand down to us things can destroy us. On the other side, in the church, we learn the word of God. And the tradition that we learn from the church is handed down from Christ to the apostles to us. But we know sometimes there are false teachers even inside the church. We need to be careful in examining everything we hear and we read in order not to accept any tradition against the word of God. One of the beautiful verses in the scripture, you read it in Acts 17, verse 11, about the people in Berea. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness, and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. When they heard St. Paul preaching, they went and searched the scripture, whether what St. Paul is telling them is right or wrong. In this convention we are speaking about holiness. I think handed down here is about holiness. The life of holiness is handed down to us from God to the disciples to us. Not only the disciples, but the prophets in the Old Testament and the disciples to us how to conduct our life. In order to receive this life of holiness, the importance of discipleship, 
to be a disciple. You cannot be holy and receive this life of holiness if you are not a disciple. Do you know that the Christian in the early church were called disciples? When you read in the book of Acts, you're like, and when St. Paul went to this city, they found disciples there. Do you know when you read they found disciples? Definitely not about the 12 disciples. But they are about people who received and became disciples of Christ. Said it's confusing when we say they are disciples. Disciples of whom? So we'll say disciples of Jesus Christ. So in Antioch, they combined the two words. The disciples of Jesus or disciples of Christ and make it one word, Christian. And you read in the book of Acts, and the disciples were called first Christian in Antioch. What I'm trying to say, the word disciple and the word Christian are synonymous. The fact I am Christian, this means I am a disciple. Disciple in Arabic, معناها ايه التلميذ لما نقول ذا 12 disciples نقول التلاميذ الاسل عشر for those who know Arabic there are three words in English can be translated into تلميذ the same word pupil student and disciple and the main difference between these three words is the method of teaching Usually we say pupil about elementary school, students, middle school, high school, college, and then disciples. What's the difference? Pupils like the pupil of the eye. You learn about the world around you passively. When you open your eyes, you will see trees, cars, buildings. You don't do any effort. The children in primary school, why we call them pupils? Because they learn passively. They call it, they learn by feeding. You feed them the information. Two by two equal four. خلاص, you memorize it. Students from the word study, yes, they give them lectures, but beside lectures, they study. They go to the lab. They do experiments. They may write research paper. They may have field trips. They study. They learn not only by feeding them information, but by studying. In the Great Commission before the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, he told them, go and preach the gospel and make pupils? No. Make students? No. Make disciples make disciples the disciple from which word from the word discipline it is one person disciplining the disciple in this route in this way like when in medical school they do internship or the residency they learn from the professor how to diagnose how to treat as long as they spend more time with the professor, the better they are. 
Christianity is discipleship. I need actually to be a disciple to a godly father who will teach me and walk me in the way of godliness, in the way of holiness. And again, we thank God for our Orthodox Church that taught us there is a spiritual fatherhood in the church and each one of us have a spiritual father to walk me in the way of holiness. Again, non-Orthodox Church, we're gonna do a discipleship group or class of discipleship because they are lacking the spiritual fatherhood. But classes of discipleship will produce students, not disciples. Because they give them lectures and some homework to apply, and that's it. It's not the life of discipleship. In monastic life, we call Amba Shnuda and Amba Wisa his disciple. Amba Bachumius and Amba Tadros his disciple. Because Amba Wisa, what did he do? He lived with Amba Shnuda and he learned it from him. Amba Tadros, what did he do? He lived with Amba Bachumius and he was mimicking his life, living as his spiritual life father is living. Discipleship. When you reflect how the Lord made disciples, you will find he did many things. Number one, he gave them lectures, feeding as the pupils. St. Peter one time he told him, did you say this parable to us or to everyone? So even there was lectures dedicated only to the 12 disciples, not for everyone. Then they left with him. They left their wives, children, work, and they followed him from place to place. They learned how he dealt with the Samaritan woman. They saw him dealing with the case. They saw him dealing with the sinful woman in the house of Simeon. So they learned it from his example. Because they lived with him day to day. They knew the importance of prayer when they woke up in the morning. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Oh, he went to the mountain early in the morning. Why? To pray by himself in solitude. So they learned from his example. Number three, he discipled them by letting them participate with him in ministry, in work, like in the miracle of the feeding the multitude. He started a dialogue, we need to, to feed them. No, 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 we are in a deserted place, send them away. No, you need to feed them, we are not going to send them away. You need to learn how to be generous. Okay, we don't have any resources here. Just bring what you have, and God will bless it. The little you have, just bring it. Oh, just five loaves and two fish. Is this enough? I will show it will be enough. So he gives thanks and he prayed. So they learned. Then he told them, make the group sit down in groups of 50. Oh, there has to be order, organization. Can you imagine if the 5,000 person came to the table of the Lord Jesus Christ, all of them asking food, how it would look like? But now the church learned that there is something called order, organization, need to be organized. And then 
he gives to the disciples and the disciples give to the multitude. And to their surprise, collected the fragment. Oh, fragment should not be thrown away. You need to be careful. How much? Twelve baskets. So they learned. He did not give them a lecture. But they learned from participating with him. Then he sent them by themselves to do service. And when they returned back, they gave him a report. And when the disciples have returned, they told him all what they have done. And when they give him the report, they were happy. Even the demons are submitted to us. When we say in the name of Jesus Christ, we cast out demons. So the Lord affirmed, validated them. And he told them, I saw Satan falling like lightning from heaven. Then he made correction in a gentle way, but don't rejoice over this. Rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. So after validating them, he actually corrected them. The joy of a servant, that my name is written in the book of life. And many times he took the disciples and went to a deserted place, like a retreat. The Lord did not just give lessons. No, it's a discipleship. He gives them lessons. He get into discussions with them and let them participate with him. They followed his example. They followed his example. And also he, he sent them to do some services and to report to him and he corrected them. And they spent retreats together. Discipleship and the life of holiness is very important. If you want to be holy and godly, the first lecture, some of you at the end of the lecture, they asked me a question like, how can we reach godliness? How we attain discernment? How, how, how? That's discipleship. When I am with a spiritual father, then the spiritual father will teach me will walk me step by step. But as a disciple, I need to have the spirit of discipleship. Maybe I have the greatest father. Maybe I'm able to send Anthony the Great. But if I don't have the spirit of discipleship, then I'm not going to benefit from him. One time, if, since I mentioned St. Anthony the Great, some people came to St. Anthony, monks, and they asked him, how can we endure insult and humiliation? So St. Anthony told them, you need to repay the evil with good. So they told him, but it's difficult how to repay evil with good. So he told them, you're not able to repay evil with good, at least don't repay evil with evil. So they told him, but again, this is يعني, difficult. So they told them, okay, if you cannot uh, uh, repay evil with evil, at least just hold your peace, stay away, and pray for them. So they said, but this is also difficult. So he called his disciple and told him, 
fix a table for them and let them go. Aslah lahum ma'idah wasrifu. They are coming not to learn, they are coming to argue. They went to San Anthony the Great, but they don't have the spirit of discipleship. The spirit of discipleship, I'm going to learn. Many times I go to Abuna, my father of confession, to approve my agenda, not to learn from him, not to let him walk me in the way of discipleship. And that's why I read the part from Isaiah chapter 50. Even the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, he opened my ear to learn as he learned. Who are the learned? Are the disciples to learn like them? I'm coming to this. But before I come to these verses from Isaiah 50, I want to tell you the difference between true discipleship and false discipleship. The father, the spiritual father, or the Sunday school servant, or the youth minister, he should be like a copy machine. On the copy machine, you have the original, and then the machine, and then the machine make copies of the original. Why I'm saying this? The original here is whom? Jesus Christ. We need actually to be in the image and likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. If me and the bishop or priest or some school servant, I want you to be in my image, and my likeness, then actually I'm leading you away. This is false discipleship because I want you to turn to be in my likeness. No, we need to remember that we are just like the copy machine. The copy machine helps the original to be copied in these papers. So when the Lord said, make disciples, I should remember, I'm not making disciples to myself, but to Christ. That's handing down. I'm handing down the life of godliness, the life of holiness. Be holy as your heavenly Father is holy. I have the perfect original, but if the copy machine has a scratch, then what you're going to have? You will find this scratch in all the copies. So be careful, because as parents, you are making your children disciples of Christ. Some parents say, you know what? And I don't want to force any principle on my children. When they grow up, they can decide if you want to be Protestant, Catholic, Orthodox, Atheist, whatever. No. You are called to make disciples. Your children, your biological children, you should discipline them. And you should be a good copy machine in order actually to bring the image of Christ and the likeness of Christ in the life of your children. You as fathers, you need to follow the same steps that the Lord Jesus Christ followed with the 12 disciples and the 70. Sometimes you sit with them and explain to them how to live life of honesty, faithfulness, integrity, godliness, purity. It's not enough just they attend Sunday school. You need to spend the time with them and explain to them these things in your own household. You are the priest of your family. Then also they live with you. 
they don't live with their spiritual father as much as they live with you as their biological father. They need to see the life of holiness in you as the disciples saw it in the Lord Jesus Christ. They need to see in you you are not lying, you are not swearing, you are not cursing, you are not getting angry, you are not passive and just laying back. You are dealing with their mom kindly and gently. You are dealing with their siblings or your children wisely. You, you keep the balance between love and control. So when your children get married, believe me, they will subconsciously, they will do as you. They will learn from you. The disciples saw the Lord Jesus Christ and they mimicked him in their life, in their ministry. Also, you need to get into discussions with them. And the Lord get into this discussion with the 12 disciples. No, you give them something to eat. And you taught them how to be thankful, grateful, how to be organized. You need to take your children into a spiritual retreat. Take them to the abbey, to the convent, and spend spiritual retreats with your children. You need to delegate and then they come back and give you a report and you validate them, encourage them. And after this, you correct if there is anything wrong and correct them gently. Don't tell do that. No, it's bad. You did it wrong. No, I'm, I'm not, I, I will not trust you anymore. I'm not going to give you any project. Well, you need to expect that you will do something wrong. They are learning. That is how to make disciples. As a parent, you need to make your children disciples. But disciples to whom? Not to you, to Christ. So you need to be a good copy machine. If the copy machine is bad, all the images will be very bad. Am I a good copy machine to transfer the life of Christ and make copies of it to my children? St. Paul alone, Ta'bir, he said something more, maybe better than copy machine. In uh, Galatians 4.19 My little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. For whom I labor in birth as a mother. The mother in these nine months makes the children human beings. The genes and the chromosomes of the parents. We need to labor in birth, as St. Paul said until Christ is portrayed in our children, until Christ is formed in you. That's our role as parents, as fathers. Hand it down. As we received holiness, we need to pass it down. But also you need to teach your children, and we teach ourselves first, how to have the spirit of discipleship. Because again, maybe you can a disciple to St. Anthony the Great. But if you don't have the spirit of discipleship, you will not learn anything. So if we reflect about the verses that I read from Isaiah, chapter 50, verse 4, 5, who is he speaking here? About whom? Jesus Christ. So if Jesus Christ became a disciple, then all of us, it is not shameful or something against our pride or our ego to be disciples. If you are against the idea of being a disciple, then you are a prideful person. 
Why should I go to Abuna? Abuna be familiar with me. Spirit of pride, arrogance. But that is how the spiritual life is. And as I said at the beginning, in any profession, we do internship, residency to learn. And the resident, the physician, who stop learning by the end of the residency, I promise you, don't go to this physician. It's not a good one. What I'm trying to say, he has to be a disciple the rest of his life. Once he stopped to be a disciple, he's not a good physician. And let me draw five things here in these two verses. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. That's number one. The tongue of the learned. Number two, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. That's number two. Number three, he awakens me morning by morning. Morning by morning means what? Every day in my life. There is no graduation from being a disciple. Morning by morning. Number four, he awakens my ear to hear as the learned. There is the tongue of the learned and the ear of the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious nor did I turn away. As disciples, we need to have these five points. Without them, I will struggle in the life of holiness. Number one, the tongue of the learned. What does it mean, the tongue of the learned? Turn your Bible to Luke chapter 2. When St. Mary and Joseph did not find the Lord Jesus Christ, we read in uh, Luke 2, verse 46, Now, so it was, that after three days they found him, found the youth, young youth, Jesus, in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening, that is the ear of the learned, that is the ear of the disciples, to them and asking them questions, that is the, the tongue of the disciples. So the tongue of the disciples, I need to ask to learn. In the paradise of the monks, you're like, a brother asked an elder, a brother and asked an elder. But not every question is a question of a disciple. Some people, they ask questions to challenge the speaker. Some people ask questions to show off. Some people ask questions about debatable issues. Like, I know we have seasons. October, we get question why Halloween is wrong. November and December, why you don't celebrate Christmas December 25th, why is religion near 7th? February, March, about the week of Herakl, why we, we fasted this week. So there are seasons, and believe me, every season I get the same question for 30 years now. <laughs> and I say the same answers. <laughs> and I'm sure the people know the question, the answers. In high school convention, Tawah High School Convention, dating. Yeah, every year, question about dating. One time, 
his illness with the Kurt and Sarabiyun. He found most of the question about it. Fasayna alone, I am sure you know the answer to this question. And if I ask any one of you about tell me about the stand of the church regarding dating, you will give me a lecture better than us. <laughs> but why you are asking, you are hoping for a different answer. <laughs> so this question actually is not a defying. It's not the question of disciple. And if I want to challenge the, the speaker, or I want to debate and argue, or I'm asking about debatable issues, or I just want to show off my knowledge, then what's the point here? This is not the, the, the tongue of the Lord. When you find a wise man, when you find an elder, ask a question that pertains to your godliness. How to grow in the life of holiness? How to be in the image and likeness of Christ? We need to train ourselves to have the tongue of the disciples. And when your children see you asking and getting counsel in spiritual matters, they will learn from you. But if your children saw their father arguing and debating and challenging, and that's what they will learn from you. Because it is handed down. That's the tongue of the disciple. Then number two, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. In our life, we find people struggling. We ourselves sometimes struggling. Those who are married among you, maybe your spouse, your children come to you struggling. They have concern. When you are a good disciple and you have the tongue of the learned, and you ask it many questions, and you build this spiritual experience, you will be able actually to speak a word in season to him who is weary. And the word in season is very important. So here actually, the right word and the right time. Even the Lord said about the good steward, give the servant their food in due time, in due season. Because if I'm hungry right now, and I need something to eat, and you did not give me food, I will die from hunger. Being a disciple, you need actually to give your children the spiritual food in due season. If the children come to you and ask you about questions that you don't know, please, please, go and search for the answer. And find the answer. And go and answer your children. Don't tell them, go and ask Sayyidina, go and ask Abun. Here you are breaking your image. It's not about pride or ego or image. But they should come trusting that their father will answer them. So this will build a trust between you and them. All of us, particularly Abuna or Sayyidina, have the whole knowledge in the world. Many times we are asked a question and we don't know the answer and we search the answer and, and we, we reply back. Take your responsibility as a father to your children. 
and this will be opportunity for you to learn to have the tongue of the learned in order to give the right teaching in the right time what if your, your son or your daughter ask you a question and tell them you know go and ask a woman and then they did not ask a woman and they asked one of their friends that's most probably what they're gonna do and the worst advice you'll get it yeah, in the teenager yeah, in the teenage from your friends until you wasted opportunity to make connection with your children you need actually to hand down spirituality and holiness to your children as a father how? by having the tongue of the Lord by asking questions to be learnable all your life number three he awakens me morning by morning this spirit of discipleship is not again when I am used when I attend Sunday school but I graduated not anymore it is daily God actually awakens me day by day to learn many opportunities to learn you need actually to learn from the creation around us in the book of Proverbs I like learn from the end see how the ant works hard during summer to store so in, in winter the ant will have enough food you need to learn to be learnable from creation around you from wise people around you from the church from the word of God from early church fathers from your spiritual father from your spouse and your children yes many times our family can teach us many times the little children they say comments that we can learn from them St. Anthony the Great learned from a lady when she started to swim in front of him and he told her I am a monk how, how you do this in front of me she told him monks don't live in cities if you are a monk go and live in the desert when he said this he was living by the Nile River in Benesweif he went all the way till the place of St. Anthony Monastery right now in the eastern desert the car take from Benesweif to, to the monastery now about three hours and at the time I can't see roads paved roads he learned from this woman a person who is learnable will learn morning by morning day by day he will not stop learning how to live the life of godliness how to live the life of holiness number four he awakens my ear to hear as they learned listening listen to your children listen to your spouse when she speaks listen to Abuna when Abuna mustn't give you an advice don't think about how to reply to this advice just take it digest it think about it believe me many family problems because we go to Abuna or to the counselor to argue without listening that's not the ear of the disciple of the Lord very recently I was involved in a family problem you know I, I said many things but the other person answering something different so 
I asked her, did you hear what I say? And yes, can you repeat it? She couldn't. Because while I'm speaking, her mind is preparing an answer. Active listening. Active listening. You need to learn how to listen. Don't interrupt people. When people speak, just listen to them. Sometimes, just let me finish my sentence. I say three words and then interrupt. Okay. Did you get what I want to say? No. Just wait. Let me finish my sentence. We need to learn how to listen if you want to grow in the life of holiness. And the last point, when it is the word of God, we need to obey. If you want to live the life of holiness, don't say, Rabboni, Oleg, forgive. No, no, no. I cannot forgive. I mean, you cannot forgive. Yeah. Meaning you will forgive. No, no, no. I'm not going to reconcile. I'm not going to let go. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. How can we apply this to the Lord Jesus Christ? In Hebrews, he answers this question, St. Paul, to us. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, then I said, who said Jesus? Behold, I have come in the volume of the book, it's written of me, to do your will, O God. So, I came to the world to do the will of the Father, as it is written in the book. Previously saying, let's read from verse 5. Therefore, when he, Jesus, came into the world, he said, he said to the Father, Sacrifice an offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. So the Father said to the Son, The sacrifice will not be burned offering, will not be offering for sin, animal offering. It will be your body. You will offer yourself. Again, there is no contradiction between the will of the Father and the will of the Son. The Son did not want, and the Father forced him. No, no, no. All by his will, according to his will, pleasure of his Father and the Holy Spirit. So there is no contradiction. According to this verse, sacrifice and offering. I, I know that sacrifice and offering you did not desire. Because it will not redeem the people. But a body you have prepared for me. Well, in verse 7, I'll behold, I have come to do your will, O God. So when he heard, he was not rebellious. He did not say, no, I'm not going to do this. That's why in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 5, after he said, I was not rebellious, the Lord, has, God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. I was not rebellious. But what did I obey? I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheek to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from the shame of spitting. If you want to live the life of holiness, again, you need to fight until bloodshed. If you are going to your spiritual father, asking him, teach me how to live a holy life, and then you need to forgive. You need to reconcile, you need to let go, you need to fast, you need to do these prayers. If I say, no, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, then how you will be a holy person? That's why I need not to be rebellious. 
I was not rebellious, nor did I tell them. So there are five things here. The tongue of the learned, then the ability to give a word in season to him who is weird. Number three, it's a daily practice, morning by morning. There is no graduation from discipleship. And number four, he opens my ear. How to listen? And number five, don't be rebellious. So these five steps are very important in order to live the life of holiness. And to receive the life of holiness that's handed down from God to the prophets and disciples to us. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.